Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempers Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. Welcome to our podcast. I believe God will anoint this message to speak to you today because we do have this promise in Isaiah 55:11. My word I will send out and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. As you listen to this message, let the word of God penetrate your heart so it can accomplish all his will in your life. Enjoy this message. Well, as Jerry said, 2023 is coming to a close. Today's New Year's Eve. So tomorrow is 2024. So as we reflect back, I think Heather said her her 2023 was way different than her 2022. So how was our 2023? Was 2023 the year you imagined it to be? What was 2023 to you? Did did you become braver? Did you become a better husband? Did you become a better mom? Did you become a better grandparent? Did you pay off that bill that you claimed you were going to pay off? Did you share Jesus with anyone? Did you face that challenge knowing who you are in Jesus? What did your 2023 look like? Because we just came through a perfect time in history this past year to give it our best, right? Sometimes we look at the worst, but realize we just came through a time that it's so easy to give it our best. I'm, I have a water up here. You know, there's, there's two billion, billion with bees. Two billion people don't have clean water today. I, I would venture to say you have water. Wow, I have water. It's the little things. I assume most of you made more than $2.15 a day. 720 million people live on less than $2.15 a day. You see, we just came through a perfect time in history to be everything we can be. We have heat and air condition here. Some of you have air condition. We have roofs over our heads. Most of us even have a car. Some of us have more than one. Some of us even have them at home running right now. I heard that. If you don't know that story, ask Pastor Otis. 
We, we, we are free to express ourselves. Do you realize? We're free to say anything we want to say. We can share anything we want to share. We can go anywhere we want to go. You can do whatever your heart desires. Even with, if it's not within the limits of the law, you can still do it. You may get in trouble, but you can do it here where we live. We, we had a 2023 with such awesome opportunity. Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 11 through 20. I'll give you a short synopsis about Nehemiah, and then we're just going to have a few scriptures. But Nehemiah served King Artaxerxes, and Nehemiah was a loyal cupbearer. And he learned about the Jews' dedication to Jerusalem. Nehemiah prayed and fasted to God for four months before he petitioned the king. He wanted to return to his home and help Jerusalem rebuild the city's walls and the city's gates that had all been destroyed. So the king gave him permission, and he went through great opposition. He helped the people to rebuild the walls. They had rebuilt the temple, but the walls were, had fell apart and the gates were all destroyed and the city was vulnerable. Can you pull that text up for me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I can get it. Welcome everyone at Bethel who's watching online. I'm praying, believe in Jesus' name. You will be healed quickly. The Bible says the anointing speeds up the yoke, and I believe the anointing of God to fall upon your life, and you get well and you get better in the name of Jesus. So, Nehemiah chapter 2, starting with verse 11, Nehemiah says, So I came to Jerusalem and was there for three days, and I got up in the night, I and a few men with me. 
I did not tell anyone what my God was putting into my mind to do for Jerusalem. And there was no animal with me except the animal on which I was riding. So I went out at night by the valley gate in the direction of the dragon spring and on the dung gate. And I was inspecting the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which had been consumed by fire. Then I passed on to the fountain gate and the king's pool, and there was no place for my mount to pass. So I was going up at night by the ravine and inspecting the wall. Then I entered the valley gate again and returned. However, the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, nor had I as yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the rest who were doing the work. Then I said to them, you see the bad situation we are in, that Jerusalem is desolate and its gates have been burned by fire. Come, let's rebuild the walls of Jerusalem so that we will no longer be a disgrace. And I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me and also about the king's word which he had spoken to me. Then they said, let us arise and rebuild. So they put their hands to the good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem and Arab heard about it, they mocked us and despised us and said, What is this thing you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven will make us successful. Therefore we his servants will arise and build, but you have no part, right, or memorial in Jerusalem." So we're going to take this passage, if you've ever heard it, in a whole different direction today. I talked about the opportunity that 2023 gave us, but are we awake? Pastors talked about the Great Awakening several times that's just this past year. Some of you have maybe studied about the great awakenings that, that they're so-called. The first great awakening was around 1740 with Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. Then in 1790 with Charles Finney. Then in 1850, this one's disputed. They're not, that some people call it a, a great awakening and some people don't. But in 1850, it was in New York with Jeremiah Lanfer. Then the Azusa Street Revival around um, 1906. It went on for, I think, 10, 11 years. Then the Jesus Movement in the 60s and 70s. We look at those and call those great awakenings because the church woke up. And when I looked at those, something I pondered at is they're all about 60 years apart. That's a whole nother message, but they're all about 60 years apart the moves of God. An awakening, according to the dictionary, means an act or moment of becoming suddenly aware of something. 
becoming suddenly aware of something. So are we awake? I watched a movie this week. It was a true story based on a new pastor who took a church, and his job was to close the church. And I forget the name of the film, but his job was to close the church, and they were going to give him another church. There was 12 people left. So they brought in a group of refugees came, and this church was helping these refugees, and they were going to close the church. And the pastor's young son, he was maybe 10, got to really be good friends with one of the refugee's sons about the same age. And the son said to his pastor father, he said, what, what are they going to do? We can't leave them. And the father said, we'll keep them in our prayers and ask for God's help. And the son replied, aren't you God's help? I said, rewind that. And I wrote that in my phone. Aren't you God's help? Pastor Greg Laurie, who was part of the, the Jesus movement, he said, if you want revival... Do revival stuff. Pray for it. Prepare for it. But take practical steps. And I think about the disciples. What if the disciples said, I just want to be average. I just want to be average. Hmm. <laughs> I just want to be average. Hmm. During the time of the First Great Awakening, there was no television, no mass communication. And George Whitfield delivered 18,000 sermons to 10 million people in his lifetime. That averaged 10 sermons a week several of which were two hours long. You think, well, how old did he live to be? Well, he lived to be 55. In his last sermon, he had asthma issues. In his last sermon, he, he, he was really, really, really sick, and he prayed, God, just let me preach this one last time. And he went and preached a two-hour sermon and then died. John Wesley, who George Whitfield was kind of under, it's amazing now the trivial things we'll fuss about. And John Wesley was Armenian. George Whitfield was Calvinist. He believed in predestination. Wesley didn't, and they were just best of friends. But, you know, we'll, we'll argue over the most trivial things as believers. Ah, Jesus. But John Wesley... He traveled on horseback and preached two to three times a day, every day or most days. And they figured he traveled 250,000 miles on horseback preaching the gospel. That would circle the globe ten times. John Wesley preached more than 40,000 sermons. 
He formed societies. He commissioned preachers. He opened chapels. He superintended schools and orphanages. He gave aid to charities. And you see, since Heather mentioned it, that I haven't been well, you see after this word, I couldn't say, I need to stay home, I'm sick. I'm like, wait a minute. Reading what this meant to people? Whitfield, George Whitfield felt the gospel message was so critically important, he was compelled to use all earthly means possible to get the word out. They had printing presses, so he used print media. Every message he preached, they wrote down and printed. He sent teams ahead. Now remember, this is in 1740. He sent teams ahead to put up signs and, and pass out pamphlets. They called them handbills back then. He had a wealthy friend who acted as his fundraiser, his business coordinator, and in 1740, his publicist. He had a publicist. Because he was doing everything he could to get the gospel out. Now that's just a few folks from one of the great awakenings. Can you imagine if they had cars or planes or computers or cell phones? When I said we had such opportunity in 2023, do you realize what we can do for absolutely free? To tell people about Jesus? But I, I, asked, I asked my wife this week, I said, when did, I was reading some things, and I said, when did we quit asking God, what can I do for you? And start asking what he can do for us. When did that transition happen? Are, are, are we just waiting on, Lord, just send a great awakening to us. Just send us something. Send it to us. But we have everything at our disposal. We have the, the word. We have the word. I have my phone here. I don't have a Bible here. But we have the word. I don't know how many translations are in my phone. We have, the, we have the Word of God. We have places to get together and celebrate Jesus. Where we get together, we have electricity. And if, if we didn't, we've been blessed with a generator that will run everything here and then some. And we have heat in here. We have air conditioning. We, we have a community of people. You listen to people's awesome shares this morning. We have a community of people that want to get behind you. They believe in you. They believe in you. 
We have. We're, we're upgrading our, our sound system so we can bring in more musicians easier and have, have other worship teams and other speakers come here. We, we, have, we have it all. We have it all. We even have indoor plumbing. When I gave my life to Jesus at a tent revival and started going to this old church, they didn't have indoor plumbing. You laugh, but they didn't have indoor plumbing. We all went outside. We have indoor plumbing. Would you be here if we didn't have electric and heat and air conditioning and plumbing? Would you still be here? But see, our awakening, this is... Your awakening. Listen, this is, this is not a light word. Your awakening, the awakening, it starts with you. It's not some great thing that's going to trickle down from the lights in here and we'll all go, wah! That would be awesome. But the awakening has to start with you. So make the remainder of this word, I hope you have up to this point, but make it about you personally. And it'll branch off into the house, but make this word about you. Now, listen to this. This next part, the kids were all going to be in here today, and we're so short on number, there's only a few kiddos. So they were all going to be in here this morning. We weren't having children's church, and I had a part for them to play in this if they were in here. But this part would have been coming up. But in Nehemiah chapter 3, now we're talking about building the wall back. Then Elishab, the high priest, rose with his brothers, the priest, and built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and installed its doors. They consecrated the walls to the tower of the hundred, and the tower of Hanel. And next to him, the man of Jericho built. And next to them, Zakur, the son of Imri, built. Now the sons of Hashinah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and installed its doors with its bolts and bars. Next to them, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, made repairs. And next to him, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshezebel made repairs, and next to him, Zadok, the son of Banna, also made repairs. Moreover, next to him, the Tekites made repairs. And it just keeps going on and on and on about all the repairs the people made to the gates. And then we jump down to verse 28. So now all the people are out repairing the gates. Verse 28, above the horse gate, the priest carried out repairs, each in front of his house. After them, Zadok, the son of Emmer, carried out repairs in front of his house. And after Shemaiah, the son of Sishani, the keeper of the east gate, carried out repairs. After him, Haniah, the son of Shilamiah, the... And Hanan, the sixth son of Zalaf, repaired another section. 
So you see the walls had all these weak areas. The gates were all destroyed. And we read that the people all pitched in and they repaired the gates. But then the wall itself in front of people's houses needed rebuilt. And they looked at it every day and just... They, but they got a little encouragement and they went out and in front of their houses where the walls needed repaired, they repaired them. See, the foundation to the wall was still fine. The foundation was intact. But there were sections of wall that were missing, that had toppled, had been torn down. There were gates that have been broken and carried off. But the foundation was good. But everything on it was crumbling and falling apart. Now I'm telling you this is for somebody. Your foundation is good. You know who Jesus is. But the things have crumbled so much. You see it every day and can't even manage to muster up the strength to fix it. You know who Jesus is. But your gates have been destroyed. And you come on Sunday and you say, hey, come up for a prayer and say, Jesus, just get me through next week. Just get me through another day. Just, just, come on, please. You don't know how to fix your wall. But you know Jesus. And you just don't have enough in you to do anything about it. Just managing to make it to church is it. That's all you got left. And I sure can't let anybody know. I can't let anybody know that the world and the enemy and, and things in my life that shouldn't be. I can't let anybody know that I'm not strong in Jesus. Pray, I can pray heaven down. I can't let anybody know. Are you hearing me? What do you want out of 2024? You have no direction. You have this solid base. But you're dealing with this anxiety. Oh, you're dealing with this depression. You feel lost. You feel scared. You don't know what to do next and can't hear the voice of Jesus. Jesus.
You're scared so much. And you say, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. And why is it the same? You see, they looked at those broken gates. They looked at those torn down walls in front of their houses every day. And they didn't do anything about it. They didn't know what to do. And Nehemiah came and said, I have permission from the king. And we're going to fix it. The king says, we can fix it. We can fix it. You, you may need help. Rebuilding that gate and repairing that wall, it's okay. You say, but I've been a Christian for 20 years. It's okay. But I'm, I'm 50 years old. My life should be different. It's okay. Nehemiah came and told him, it's okay, but we're going to fix these walls. Let's repair the things that are broken. The torn down wall was right there and they just couldn't even deal with it. They would just rather look at the mess every day. Some of you are looking at a mess every day. It's okay. We can fix it. We, we can fix it. That's what this house is for. God's going to help you and we can fix it. It is easy to lose sight of what matters. It's so easy to lose sight of what matters. But it's time for us to wake up. It's time to be awake. It's time to have our awakening. It's okay, the anxiety, the grief. It's okay that it's been getting the best of you, but God's saying it's, it's time to fix it. Your 2024 doesn't have to be the same. The feelings of worthlessness, 
Mm-hmm. Let's fix that. It's time for you to rebuild. It's time for you to wake up. I want your 2024 to become the 2024 God has destined for you. But that's up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to you if it becomes what God has destined for you. I hope you all I can help. And you help me. I have lots of people that help me. Nehemiah chapter 6. Verses 15 and 16. So the wall was complete on the 25th of the month of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence for they realized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. The work can be accomplished in your life with the help of your God. The gates, the walls, everything that's crumbled with the help of your God. And then think about that part that said, and when they all saw it, all the, all the nations, the people against them saw it and they gave up. They're like, oh, nope, can't. We don't have an end there anymore. Wow. Hallelujah. With the people that we have in this house, if we can't start a great awakening here, I'm, I'm, I just, it starts with you. It's just up to you. So this morning, if, if, you want, if you want prayer, you want people to pray with you, <laughs> this, is, this is a great time to start repairing things that have crumbled in our lives for whatever reason.
Maybe that crumbling was no fault of your own, but that wall is crumbled. We're going we're gonna to work on that today. And maybe, maybe you don't know for sure who Jesus is, and you're not sure if you have that foundation to rebuild that wall. Well, you can find that out today, too. You can start that foundation and start the wall all brand new. All brand new today. Fresh and new and new concrete for the foundation and new block for the walls. That's exciting. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.